Hey there, I'm Nanzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome back to Market Scale Grow. My name is Shenzaya, and this is a Saturday strategy session. I am super excited to be here, as always, recording for you. And today we're talking about little wins in marketing and more importantly, the difference between some of the metrics that you might encounter. And in marketing, we talk about leading metrics and lagging metrics. And so what those differences are and how you can celebrate wins, big and little, with leading metrics and as well with lagging metrics. So let's get started with a quick definition of leading versus lagging metrics, and then I will dive more into leading metrics with like a more in-depth description and examples and why they're important. And then we'll talk about lagging metrics, what they are some examples and why they're important. And then we'll finish it up of how you can use leading metrics and lagging metrics together. Okay, so let's dive in. First of all, the names of leading and lagging metrics kind of give away what they are, but a leading metric is the metric that is leading into the result, whereas the lagging metric is measuring the result or what comes after the result. And so a really quick, easy example would be the leading metric is number of sales calls booked or number of discovery calls booked, whatever you might call them. And then the lagging metric is sales made. So leading into the result is the number of calls that you book. And then out of the calls would be the result itself, which is the number of sales. So you can kind of see how they work together or how they can work together. And obviously, a leading metric, again, would be that number of sales called book. And then a lagging metric could be annual revenue, but those don't necessarily bump up against each other. Like they don't directly correlate, whereas the sales calls booked versus sales made would correlate to one another. Because typically, the more sales calls you book, the more sales you will make. And when you're first getting started, sales calls can be really hard. Your conversion rate might be a little bit lower, but as you book more and more sales calls, you're more likely to make more sales. So that's kind of a little bit of an overview of leading versus lagging metrics. And so let's jump into leading metrics and talk more about exactly what they are, some more examples, and most importantly, why they're important. So as I said, these are the ones that are going to lead into the results. They really are the metrics that help predict your future success. They're not definite indicators of success or of accomplishing goals, but they are going to be the ones that predict your future success. And so some examples of leading metrics are number of DMs sent. And these could be like those hey girl messages. I put a laughing emoji face beside that. I don't recommend you start sending hey girl messages. But if DM conversations is part of your sales strategy, then number of DMs like conversations started could be a leading metric that you track. Page views, number of sales calls or applications that are booked or completed, referrals received, the number of hours you've worked 
number of registrations for a webinar or an event, number of podcast interviews that are booked. As a guest, I would say like my podcast tour, how many podcast guest opportunities did I have? Social media posts per week, right? So these are all leading metrics. They all predict success. So for example, now I'm not correlating 100% all of these things to other ones. And I specifically looked at my list and I saw hours worked. I am absolutely not saying the more hours you work, the more success you will have. No, there is 100% the ability to work less and have extreme amount of success. It just all depends on how you built your business. But tracking the number of hours you work can be part of your success metric. Backing up page views, for example, if we're talking about an email opt-in, the number of page views, the more page views you get, likely the more email subscribers you're getting. More applications you get, the more people in your program, the more referrals, more sales, more registrations for your webinar, the more people who show up and attend the event, more social media posts, the more visible you are, right? So there could be leading metrics. I have none here in front of me that would be the less of like customer complaints, for example. That's a really great one. If you're tracking customer complaints, that could be a leading metric. And the less customer complaints you get, the better. There is leading metrics. And like I said, the list that I initially gave was almost entirely the more, the better. But there's definitely examples of fewer is better. So beyond leading metrics being before they lead into the result, they can also be easily manipulated. Manipulated is the wrong word, but because they're happening in the moment and you're tracking them as they're happening, you have more of an ability to course correct. So let's just say you wanted to make 10 sales this month and you know that you close 50% of the sales calls you're on. And so that means you need to get onto 20 sales calls. Well, if it's week three of the month, and you've only done three sales calls, you have to do 17 more. And so you can use the data, the the leading metric of sales calls booked to help you track throughout the month. Are you on course or are you off course? Are you ahead of course? And this is the same for pretty much all of them. If you want to be messaging 10 people a week and on Wednesday you've messaged 20 people, well, you know that you're ahead of your goal. That's one of the huge benefits of tracking leading metrics is that you have the ability to course correct right then and there and to drive your success in the direction that you want it. And these are in progress goals, right? So they're really great to track your progress through the month, through the quarter, through the year. And I do recommend like when I set these, you can have really big ones for the entire year. But for me, it's easier to break these down into monthly metrics that I'm tracking even in a launch, if you want to do, I don't even know, 50 sales and you are converting 2%, I'm pulling out the calculator. I am a math person, but I'm not super great at that kind of thing. Okay. Well, that's insane. So let's, well, it's not really insane, but let's just say you convert 2% of the people who view your sales page. You want 50 sales. Well, that's 2,500 views of your sales page. So in that time frame of your launch, the two weeks or one week, whatever it might be that your cart's open, you can be tracking those page views and you say, okay, well, I'm at a thousand views. I'm at 1500 views. I'm at 2000 views. And if those views aren't getting up as high as you need them or as high as you want them, then you can make adjustments to your launch strategy. You can go live again. You can send out additional emails. You can 
do whatever things that make sense for you and your business to help boost those sales page views to get you the sales that you want. And then for that negative example that I gave before, let's just say you're tracking customer complaints. My husband works for Frito-Lay, which is a division of PepsiCo, the chips, if you (laughs) like Lay's chips. And so customer complaints are a thing that they get, right? There's a number on the back of every bag with an address and probably a website or an email address or whatever as well. So they track customer complaints. And if customer complaints are low, then it means that they've been doing a good job and that sales are probably going to increase. Whereas if complaints are high, they're not doing a great job. Sales might decrease because people are dissatisfied and like, oh, well, I'm going to try XYZ other brand. (laughs) Frito-Lay has a huge monopoly of chips, if you didn't know, especially chips that I like to eat. They also own Ruffles and they also own Miss Vicky's. So (laughs) all of the chips that I eat are Frito-Lay chips. And um, so even if I'm like mad at Miss Vicky's, they're salt and vinegar ones. And I want to go to Ruffles salt and vinegar while I'm still buying from Frito-Lay. So, but you get my point. Like if customer complaints are high, then sales might drop because people are saying, well, I'm going to go try the local president's choice brand, whatever it might be. And then the last thing that you can use leading metrics for that I really love is to help you determine how your lagging metrics were achieved. So it helps you to know what you should repeat or how you can improve the process and or results going forward. So back to that sales call example where you wanted to make 10 sales, you close 50% of your calls and you notice that this month you switched up the script and your sales increased or they decreased, right? So let's just say that they increased and now you close 80% of your calls. So instead of needing to get onto 20 calls, you only need to get onto 12 calls or whatever it is. So like knowing that information is really, really powerful because it can help you to say, okay, well, that was really working. And because I'm tracking my sales call, I'm tracking my close rate. I know when something is is really helping it or if it's hurting. So that is leading metrics. And like I said, that's really great to track those. Let's just actually pause before we go on to lagging metrics, specifically looking at Facebook ads and some leading metrics of Facebook ads that I track and where we're, we're looking for these things. Okay, so the first leading metric that I track is impressions, and that's the number of people who viewed the ad. The second one that I track is CTR. So that's the link click-through rate. And that's the percentage of people who are actually clicking on the ad to go to the landing page. And then the third one that I track is landing page views because all of these are determinant and they're things that I can have somewhat of an impact on. And if I notice that the impressions are low, if I notice the CTR is low, if I'm noticing the landing page views are low, then I can make adjustments to the ads, potentially make adjustments to the images or the ad copy, whatever it might be, to help to increase the impressions, increase the click-through rate, increase the number of landing page views that we're getting. Another one would be like the loading speed of the landing page can sometimes deter people. They'll like click on the link and then it's just taking forever for the landing page to load and they X out of it. So those are some of the leading metrics because in this campaign, the lead generation campaign, My goal is to get email subscribers. So that would be my lagging metric is the number of subscribers. And so all of these other pieces leading up to that are the leading metrics that I have 
almost like an immediate impact on. I can make adjustments. And again, like I said before, course correct if things are going awry. The other one that I can do is the budget, the amount of money spent. So if things are going well, I can increase the budget, which is going to increase the impressions, is going to increase the landing page views. And so that's another leading metric that I track that I have the ability to adjust every single day based on the results. Okay, lagging metrics. So these are metrics of past performance. They've already happened. They're the results. These are usually when we think of metrics, what we're thinking of, we're thinking of the bigger ones. So it would be things like new clients acquired, sales numbers or revenue numbers, either for a month or a quarter or the entire year. Something like your email click rates or potentially even your email open rates, podcast downloads, your sales page conversion rate, your landing page email opt-in, that landing page conversion rate. These are all examples of how the specific thing actually performed. And these metrics are so great for checking in after the fact and also reflecting or making analysis of if something went wrong. If you didn't hit your goals, trying to figure out why and then looking at the leading metrics to help determine what went wrong and how you went off course, and then using the two of them together to determine what you're going to do forward. And so in Facebook ads, specifically that that lead generation funnel that I was talking about before, your two lagging metrics that you would be tracking would be the landing page conversion rate and the number of email subscribers. I guess there's a third one too, it would be cost per lead. And that is looking at how much you paid for each person to get on your email list. So those are three that you can look at and actually combined, it's kind of like all of the metrics that I look at. Half of them are leading metrics, half of them are lagging metrics. We're looking at them every single day. And even though lagging metrics, they are a reflection of the past performance, if you notice that you're not meeting your goals, you can still make tweaks to change those leading metrics to impact the lagging metrics sooner, right? So just because it's a lagging metric doesn't mean you would want to like close your eyes to it and not pay any attention. If you're not paying attention to that lagging metric, just because it's a measure of the past, like let's say your annual revenue, for example, it's the end of March when I'm recording this. And so if I just close my eyes to my annual revenue and I don't look at how January, February, and March have gone, then I can't forecast and predict March and April and May and June, July, August, September, October, November, December. I'm giving you a lesson of the <laughs> months of the year now. Oh gosh, Jen Zara, you're ridiculous. I don't need to wait for the year to be done to look at that lagging metric. I can look at how did quarter one go so that I can make decisions about quarter two and three and four going forward. And so that I can make decisions about the leading metrics that I want to really make an effort to pay attention to. One question when I've talked about this with people before that I get is, can a metric be both a leading and a lagging metric? And the answer is yes, absolutely. So if we use the customer complaints as the metric that we're looking at, it is a leading metric as I was explaining before. If there's less complaints, sales may go up because people are satisfied. They're like, oh, I want another bag of salt and vinegar. Those are my favorite chips. I love salt and vinegar chips, which is why they keep coming up. So there's no complaints about it. People are like, oh, they were so good. I'm going to get another bag. 
Super Bowl just happened. So that's, I mean, just happened. It was like six weeks ago now. <laughs> it did not just happen by any means. But I'm thinking about that. Like, we had some great salt and vinegar chips for Super Bowl. I'm going to get some more for March break, which also just happened <laughs> here, or like Easter weekend or like whatever, right? Whereas if complaints are high, then sales might decline. And so in this case, the sales is the lagging metric. But now let's look at customer complaints as the lagging metric. And the leading metric for that would be more behind the scenes on the like the factory line work area. So if the workers are paying attention to the requirements. So there's a like salt level requirements, moisture level requirements, oil level requirements, yada, yada, yada. I should get my husband on to talk more about this if you're really curious about like all the metrics he works in the quality control. But like, so they measure these things, right? So they measure salt levels and moisture levels and oil levels. And so these are those leading metrics. Is the salt within the right range? Is the moisture within the right range? Is the oil level within the right range? Is there a right amount of air in the bag so that when they're packed and shipped, the bags don't get all crunched and then people are getting just like crumbly chips because people want the like full size chips. So those metrics, oil level, salt level, moisture level, whatever else they measure, I don't even know. If they're all within spec, within the proper range, then assumably customer complaints would be low and In that case, the customer complaints are the lagging metric to say whether or not the employees were doing their job of ensuring the machines were running on spec or not. If complaints were high, you would want to look back and say, okay, well, what wasn't in spec? Did somebody like mislabel the bags because human error, right? Like was it salt and vinegar chips going into a barbecue chip bag or something like that? So that someone buys a barbecue chip bag is like, uh, these are salt and vinegar. What the? <laughs> right? So there are checks and balances in place. So that shouldn't happen. Just giving kind of ridiculous examples right now. But just to make the point of if the factory workers are doing their job and making sure everything is running properly, then complaints should be low and sales should be high. If that's this very simple formula. Whereas if they're not doing their job, they're kind of being lazy, things are either just out of spec or they don't want to get written up or like whatever it is. And so they're like fudging numbers or I don't know what happens, right? Like I'm assuming this does not happen, but like let's just imagine. And then they're not course correcting, they're not paying attention, they're on their phones, like whatever. Then the chips are terrible and complaints increase. And then sales decrease because people are like, well, I want to go try some other chips that hopefully taste better than these garbage, whatever. So that is one example of how outside of the marketing space, a metric could be both a leading and a lagging metric. Now let's talk about email subscribers and how that one can be a leading and lagging metric. We already talked about how it's a lagging metric. So if we're talking about Facebook ads and the number of landing page views that someone gets, that's a leading metric. We want to increase the landing page views because then more people will opt in. And the result is email list subscribers. Now, as a leading metric, email list subscribers, the more subscribers that you have, then more people are going to be opening your emails, hopefully. More people are going to be clicking on your emails, hopefully, which would mean there's more sales, right? So As you're increasing your email list, this is your leading metric. You're trying to get more subscribers, increase that. 
so that more people are opening and clicking on your emails. And then your lagging metric would really be the sales that are coming from the emails. When you're thinking about leading and lagging metrics, you really need to think about like what your goals are so that you can identify where they fall into the bigger picture. And then you can make decisions about like what choices you're going to make, what adjustments you're going to make and to celebrate. And so if we back up to quarter four of 2022, one of my goals was to get more visible through collaborations. And so the leading metric that I chose to track was pitching myself. I had to pitch myself 30 times to either be in conferences, summits, be a guest on somebody's podcast. If there were any like press opportunities that came my way, that could count as a pitch if I actually applied for it or reached out or whatever it is. And so that was a leading metric that I was observing is how many times can I pitch myself? And then the lagging metric that I was looking at was how many times was I successful? How many times did someone say, yes, I could be in the conference or yes, I could be a guest or yes, I could submit my piece of work to be in the press or whatever, right? Which by the way, I did zero of those ones. All of the pitches that I did and all the successful results that I had were conferences, summits, and guesting opportunities. I did not pitch myself for any press opportunities, but that's a side note. It would have counted. And then if we kind of shift a little bit, the number of successful opportunities I got could be considered a leading metric for increased visibility as my like ultimate lagging metric. Am I becoming more visible? And then one of the things that I could track that through was like, are my podcast downloads increasing? Because typically when I'm on someone else's podcast or at the end of a summit, I typically say like, come find me on Market Scale Grow. I put out weekly episodes. You're listening, so you know this, <laughs> but That's typically what I do at the end of these presentations, whatever kind they are. So increased podcast downloads would be that metric, the lagging metric of success. And I have almost no control over that. What I have control over is how many guesting opportunities I had. But what I really, really, really have control over is how many times I pitch myself because I can't control if they say yes or no. And then I also can't control if someone who's listening to that presentation chooses to go download. But what I do have control over, and that's so important, I wish I had said this earlier in the episode so that people who I probably have lost as I've rambled would hear this. We only have control over so many things. And by backing up to find that leading metric that we really, really, really have control over helps you to have control in your business and to to lead your business in the direction you want. So like I said, my ultimate goal was visibility, but I don't really have control over that. What I have control over is pitching myself to other people, pitching myself to opportunities. And same with that Frito-Lay example with the chips. They don't really have control over the sales. They don't really have control over customer complaints. What they really, really have control over is how good of a job their employees are doing. Are their employees respecting the specs and guidelines that they've put in place to ensure that every single bag of chips goes out tasting the same high quality, amazing, delicious salt and vinegar chips that Genzale knows and loves? If there is a result that you really want and you're struggling to achieve it, or you know, like by the end of this year, this is the result you want, think about what those leading metrics are that you have control over, that you can track 
so that you can course correct as you're approaching the timeline or as you are succeeding in your goal so that you have control and that you can really drive your business in the direction you want. Really, really hope that this podcast was helpful and that you are able to sit down, look at some of those metrics and find those wins because you're going to see success when you're looking at these micro metrics almost instead of just looking at the final result because that final result can be so big and overwhelming and impossible. But if you break it down to what you actually have control over and really say like, I need to book three sales calls every single week, that's manageable. Thank you again for listening. I'll be back with another behind the scenes strategy session next week. These are some of the most popular episodes. So make sure that you're subscribed so that you'll be the first to know when that episode drops. And thank you as always for being part of this journey and listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Market Scale Grow. I'm so thankful that you've taken some time out of your busy schedule to make me part of your journey. If you love this podcast, don't forget to share it with your friends and then head to your favorite podcast app to subscribe so that you won't miss next week's episode or any of the upcoming ones. And if you loved it, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other people can find this podcast and we can impact teachers and teacher business owners around the world. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back in your ears next week with another Saturday strategy session.